This week's episode is brought to you by Baxter Blue. Hey, Tez. Uh-huh? Tez, do you, uh, you ever, uh, you know, uh, edit episodes all, all fucking day and not play D&D with your friends and then experience digital ice drain? Uh, you know, yeah, I do. Um, I, I was up until, like, 3 a.m. last night editing uh, session zero of our D&D podcast. Yeah, thanks a ton. I didn't ask for your fucking life story. Um, Yes, you did. So, no, I didn't. I asked if you experienced eye strain. That's a yes or no question. But just so you're aware, that is from too much blue light exposure from your digital screens. Uh, Oh, really? Baxter Blue sells glasses that are not for your average frames. Uh, these blue light lenses filter 80% of the highest energy blue light, eliminating 99% of glare. The past year, we've all been glued to our devices more than ever. Oh boy, have we. Absolutely fucking have we, man. How much time have we spent on our computers researching, writing, editing, preparing episodes, staring at screens as we're reading our scripts? It's insane. I don't know about all that, but I spent literally all day today playing Red Dead Redemption, and my head hurt. That's fair. That's fair. My head do the big pain. <laughs> our exposure to digital light has soared and our eyes are uh, and our sl- sleep are suffering as a result. Uh, Baxter Blue is also a force for good and provides pairs of reading glasses for some in need uh, for every pair sold. This is eyewear built for our digital age and Baxter Blue is giving our listeners 10% off your next purchase of blue light sleep or kids glasses. Click the link in our show notes for your exclusive discount. This is the sign uh, you have been waiting for to invest in blue light glasses. We know that you will love your Baxters, and we know that you will feel the difference. I know I intend to get some because I literally work from home staring at a screen all day, and I go from that job to my bedroom to look at more screens. (laughs) Hell yeah. Thank you, Baxter Blue, for sponsoring this episode. This is an Asphalt Studios production. Hey Bryson, do you know what's really fucked up? What? As friends, we can never dock. You know? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's fucked up, man. Uh Mm Uh-huh. Yeah. Because, you know, you're circumcised, I'm circumcised, and I, I just feel like that's a part of our friendship that's really missing. Sure, man. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. But hey, yeah. uh-huh. you know it's not fucked up. What's not fucked up? Because our topic today topic is, is absolutely yeah, topic fucked, is up. Really <laughs> fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Thousands and thousands of deaths, if not millions. Ah, uh, who cares? Yeah. They're all poor. Doesn't Hell. matter. <laughs> um anyway, hey, I'm I'm Bryson. And I'm Tasman. And this is Tangent Avenue. Uh, in this show, we bring a new topic every week, spanning the incredibly broad to the incredibly niche. We tell each other all about it. And this week, that incredibly broad and or niche topic is going to be Alexander the Great. Uh, Alexander Hamilton? Nope, the Great. Uh, Wait. Yep. You're, fu- you're fucking with me, right? Nope, nope. Uh, did you research Alexander Hamilton? Yeah, man, I watched that Broadway so many yeah, that, times. Yeah, that was your only research, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a, a, not the best research that you could have done, because <laughs> uh, it paints him in a weirdly good light. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Yeah, um, but B, uh, also not what we're talking about this week, so get ready oh, for some shit. Uh, back and forth today that's really going to be not super productive. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're talking about Alexander uh, the Great, 
Um, and it is, <laughs> yeah, shut up. <laughs> I don't, we're talking about Alexander the Great, uh, uh, the uh, alt-right guy in your poli-sci class's favorite historical figure. <laughs> also known as the ADD kid with a cop dad who got hyper-fixated on conquering the world. Cop dad? His dad was not a cop. His dad was the emperor. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was just yeah, uh, kind of uh-huh. putting it in today's. Standards. Yeah, yeah. Cops yeah, yeah. are kings. Cop? They think they are. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, anyway, whatever the fuck that meant. Uh, but uh, yeah, basically, if you ever hear somebody fucking talk about the the Western society or Western whatever the fuck, um, they're usually talking about ideals set by people who idolized Alexander the Great. Yeah, um, absolutely. Because Alexander the Great was absolutely the first colonizer. <laughs> yes, and, and that's very important to note, too, because without Alexander the Great, um, our entire world would look so much different than it is Yeah, because he's one of the most uh, influential figures yeah. in history. But and also, not it's not conquest. because he's super great. He got lucky a lot. He like, never lost are... a battle. He rolled really well on those battles. Yeah. Well, no, he was he was always in the fight. Like, there were yep. several times where he was wounded in the chest. But, yeah. like, there were at least three fights that I can remember that um, he won because the general or commander of the army he was facing got sick and died. Like, not yeah. poisoned. <laughs> like, he just another... died yeah. of illness. Yeah. There was another one that he uh, he won, and the the general or the king or whoever it was, we'll get more into that later, um, got scared, ran away, and was killed by his own men. So that yeah. was good, too. That was, like, the king of Persia, too. Um, spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, like, this guy basically lost to old Alexander Hamilton twice i think in in a mm-hmm. fight and ran away both times and barely survived mm-hmm. uh and then he was assassinated hell yes but that's a little bit of a a tidbit of what we're going to get into today bryson where was alexander the hamilton born <laughs> uh, uh macedon alexander the hamilton <laughs> he was born in macedon uh to his father uh philip the third um, I can't remember the exact city he was born in. You might have that. Pella. Pella? Okay. Yeah. Pella, Hella. Okay. Uh, Pella, Pella. Hell yeah. yeah. It's Philip II, too, by the way. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> what? There's another Philip that you didn't hear about, but yeah, it's Philip III. <laughs> uh, all right. Yeah, we threw okay. another one in there, retroactively. Okay. <laughs> um, so I'm Philip III. <laughs> <laughs> Basically had dreams of conquering Persia, and then he fucking died. <laughs> like yeah. a cuck. Imagine yep. dying He's like a cuck. Cucked by his wife, possibly. Yeah, potentially cucked by his wife. Who's to say? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, comes of age, uh, our boy Alex. I, uh, hold on, I want to I wanna touch yeah. on... Uh... Touch on my peen. <laughs> touch on my fucking taint. So, Phil II and Olympias had a pretty rocky relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, there is, I, there is legend, um, that kind of sprouted from, uh, like what happened in their relationship that kind of came into, um, the Alexander the Great's, his legend. 
And part of that was that King the King Philip II walked in on Olympias, uh, fucking snakes. Which you know, um, if BadDragon.com supports this episode, absolutely possible. But without that, uh, it's entirely myth. Um, but they actually they had a lot of different things going on with them. Uh, they struggled a lot. Olympias was not from Macedonia. Uh, she was. Ooh, I think she was from... Fuck, I forgot where she's from. Uh, but anyway, she wasn't from Macedonia, so uh, Alexander was only half Macedonia, which w- Macedonian, which would come into play a little later in his life, where he uh, he was worried about his throne being taken from him by uh, his siblings. But um, the his another part of the myth would be that um, Olympias and Philip both thought that that Alexander was born, like, a, a god, essentially. Like, he was, quote-unquote, the son of Zeus, um, because they both had weird dreams uh, <laughs> the night they were married and or the night they fucked or something like that. A lot of fun times. Yeah. I mean, he was, like, talked about being His the son whole of a life. god, I think, yeah, there's... on two separate occasions. Like mm-hmm. so, there's that specific occasion, and then when he, uh, when he got down into Asia Minor and uh, mm-hmm. conquered Egypt, uh, the priests of a particular temple in Egypt uh, spouted him as like the mm-hmm. son of Amon, uh, who uh, is like the king of mm-hmm. the gods of the. Egyptian there's also uh, I heard so there's a lot of okay, so here's the thing about Alexander the Great. Written and recorded history was not really a thing at this time. So a lot of the information that we find is kind of... It's really rocky at best. Uh, It's a period in history where it almost uh, exists uh, alongside mm -hmm. Greek myth, except Alexander the Great is a literal person um, who's... uh, Yeah, like... Uh, his conquest of Asia Minor uh, shaped the region for mm-hmm. the entirety. Uh, uh, yeah. Like, we still see effects of it today. Um, so there's that. Uh, he was also kind of <laughs> a little dork. Hell yes, he was. <laughs> um, yeah. He also, yeah. I heard, like I was saying, uh, though, uh, with, his, with the history of Alexander being so muddled, uh, I read the thing about Zeus, I read the thing about the Egyptian god, but I also read something about him thinking he was the son of Hercules, too. Like, it's, there's just a lot of weird god shit going on. Well, like, if you want to talk about the pinnacle of this phenomenon mm-hmm. around Alexander the Great, it's going to mm-hmm. be with the Gordian Knot, um, which there was essentially a prophecy that whoever uh, un- unbinds the Gordian Knot... Um, becomes like the rightful will take over um phoenix arizona um and uh of course yes persia uh so like when he got there rather than like spend any time unbinding it he just cut it in half Mm -hmm. with his sword so Mm -hmm. like hell yeah uh it's 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 something uh that comes up often where like he is often the pinnacle of uh a prophecy, quote unquote, but mm-hmm. also he just kind of fucking dicks his way into it. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
And this like, dork is a dick. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that, like, I didn't notice, know about until we started researching this topic, because, like, when you hear Alexander the Great, you just think of, like, oh, what a hero. What, like, like literally, like, akin to the Odyssey. Like, you know. Well, he like, carried that how... book around with him everywhere. He yeah. had six pencil-marked copies in every location that he was ever in. Yeah. It's insane. Um, fucking yeah. dork. What a fucking dork, honestly. We should all bully him. Because um, anybody who call, who's like who decides their suffix is the great absolutely deserves to be cyberbullied. Well, he was also known as Alexander the Invincible around this time as well. Yeah, which is crazy because he's fucking dead. <laughs> like, dude is fucking gonked. Like, yeah. you're not going to run into Alex at Walmart. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but yeah, this dork, uh, from the age of 13 to 16 was taught by, guess who, Bryson? Um, you may have heard of him. Oh, uh, uh, Socrates. No, Aristotle. Oh, fucking goddammit. (laughs) I think Socrates is Aristotle's student. I think so, it sounds familiar. Uh, but yeah, and Aristotle inspired Alexander, uh, with an interest in philosophy, medicine, and scientific investigation, uh, but he would later leave Alexander, uh, sorry, leave Aristotle to kind of learn under somebody else, uh, as a teacher, because Aristotle wasn't good enough for him, man. Yeah, I mean, Aristotle's a little pink-ass bitch, so who knows, you know? I would, f- I could fist fight Aristotle and probably do pretty well. Yeah, you want to know a good fact about Aristotle too? Wasn't a Marxist. No. Wasn't based. Far, far from it. He was a racist motherfucker. Oh, um, big shock! Ancient yeah, Greek yeah, figure, yeah, yeah, racist yeah. as shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anybody who was not Greek, uh, he felt should be treated as slaves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, how, what do you expect when his teacher Plato uh, thought fucking kids was S tier? So, like, <laughs> big shock that Aristotle isn't, <laughs> isn't the best guy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, but yeah. Um, so let's start talking about uh, the Persian conquest, which starts off with a bang. Uh, where, because uh, among being a fucking dork, a uh, uh, little pissbag virgin. Uh, Alexander the Great was also an authoritarian, mm-hmm. um, and these are the things that like I didn't ex- didn't really see, um, uh, you know, as a kid hearing about him because he he kind of comes off as a hero when you when you hear about him initially. Oh yeah, For but sure. like before he left home um, to go on his Persian conquest, he like went through all of Greece. He burned a couple villages to the ground. Uh, he uh, executed his political dissidents. Because mm-hmm. um, I believe his father was assassinated, correct? Yeah, he was. Yeah. Uh, so what happened was his bodyguard assassinated him on the day yeah. of his daughter's wedding. Um, and there is myth or legend or whatever you want to say, theories, circulating the fact that Olympias, uh, afraid that if uh, if Philip had married a, another Macedonian, that any full Macedonian blood uh, child of his would take the throne as opposed to Alexander, and she was not having that shit. Um, she uh, then had uh, 
had Alexander's sister poisoned, which uh, gave her brain damage for the rest of her life. It's it's pretty fucked up. Alexander was actually not happy about that because he did, he was not threatened by his sister at all. Uh, so there were some um, butting heads there between mother and son. But uh, yeah, there was while Alex was growing up, he had a lot of like worries uh, and like times in his life to where he thought that his dad was just gonna betray him and pick somebody else to be the heir of the throne. Uh, there was at one point where they straight up almost got into a fight during a party, uh, and Alex left for like six weeks or six months or something like that uh, before his father could convince him to come back again. And then after that, their relationship was never the same. Big shocked. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's uh, so yeah. So we go on to that. So obviously there is po- you know political. Uh, a whole bunch of political issues after the assassination. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, are we going to talk decides... about thieves? I'm what? Excited. I'm excited to talk about thieves. Yeah, do it. Hell, talk yes. about it, you fucking idiot. <laughs> so, uh, when Philip was assassinated, uh, Alexander was named king at a young age of 20 years old. Um, he just. There was a lot of there's a lot of um, fear of people rising uh, from the north, the south, the west, anywhere else because at the uh, at this point, Greek was pretty Greece was pretty kind of what's the word? They were very divided. Yeah, and so Macedonia in and of itself was just under King Philip for the first time actually granted power and the large amount of power like they were the leading country in greece i guess you can say uh they actually ruled everything but before then macedonia was seen essentially as like the south of the united states like they were hicksville they were barely greece um and that caused a lot of issues so as soon as philip was assassinated the those powers who had been conquered by Philip uh, decided that they could rise up and attempt to separate themselves from Macedonia again. Uh, And that was a big mistake because Alexander quickly uh, started, uh, you know, pretty much killing everybody who got into his way. And in fear of even farther uprisings, he went down to this little place called Thebes, and burnt the entire fucking city to the ground in order to assert his dominance. So he, what happened was 6,000 were killed and any survivors were sold into slavery. The Greeks loved their slaves. Greeks Um, fucking dug slaves, honestly. It's wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, And for the most part, this worked. He didn't have to face many uprisings after this. He oh yeah, and it was a. Strong. It's not like it's not also not like he's uniquely terrible for doing this. No, there are several other situations, um, uh, especially when we get to like the Persian War. His first time crossing into Persia uh, involves a decision to basically scorch the earth mm-hmm. that he's coming into. Yep. So that way they'll starve essentially. Mm-hmm. So, like, hey, big pull away from this episode. 
monarchs are fucking shit. <laughs> like, Absolutely. You they're want, not super good. <laughs> you want to know um, the best part about that scorched uh, earth uh, plan, I guess? Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure that came, was come up, like the person oh. who thought of that, was Greek, not Persian. No, it was, uh, they might have been Greek culturally, yeah. Um, but it was the idea They were of fighting the... for Persia, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, I'm pretty sure it was somebody who had came from Greece to work under the Persian emperor, uh, or king, and decided, like, okay, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna scorch your earth, um, mm -hmm. and starve them out and run. If you burn down the villages, uh, if you burn down all your land, they will starve and they will die. Uh, because he came to the conclusion, like, Alexander's army is too great. If they fight, they will lose. Uh, and he was right about that. Yeah, uh, and there were a lot of... Uh, getting kind of into the conquesting... Well, like, his first fight that he won uh, was with the Spartan army. Um, mm -hmm. Because uh, as he was making his way of, like, swinging his fucking dick <laughs> <laughs> all the way down the south of Greece, uh, he basically ran into the last contingent of people, like, still uh, still not uh, part of Greek itself. And that was the Spartans. Uh, yeah, uh, and, like, that was one of his first great victories, and, like, that was a victory against the stereotypically fucking massive dong chads, the Spartans. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, like, it's a pretty good foot to step off on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, as we get kind of... Uh, it's so crazy how fast, like, how little resistance he ran into mm -hmm. as well on his way uh, to basically conquer one of the largest countries in the entire region. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to know a little bit about the, his army? Yeah. So his army uh, in the beginning, before he, because he would go on to grow his army through uh, Persian forces, because he mm -hmm. would have them uh, join his army on his way, marching farther and farther into Persia. But starting out, uh, it consisted of around 40,000 men. These numbers are very iffy, uh, because, again, history was not recorded at this time. Um, 9,000 of those were phalangites, uh, and those, those people carried 18-foot spears, which was actually a weapon invented by... Uh, Macedonia. I don't remember if it was Philip. It was it was Alex. It was Alexander. Yeah. yeah. It's very funny because the video I watched for this um, uh, explained that one of the most like one of the most massive advantages his army had was these spears in particular. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's and it was like this is something Alexander created, and it's like that's very funny if you attribute all of his military tactics to what if we made the sticks bigger? <laughs> <laughs> it's very accurate though. Yeah, pretty, yeah, I mean, hey, shit got done, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, and then it also had 12,000 Greek hoplites, 6,000 Thracians and Illyrians, 3,000 uh, Hippaspis, 1,800 Companion Cavalry, 1,800 Thessaline Cavalry, 600 Greek Cavalry, and 900 Scouts. Um, mm -hmm. And his first battle into Persia was only a portion of that army because he ran ahead with a portion of the army uh, yeah, for some and, fucking reason. Yeah, and like uh, while his army would scale up over that 40,000, the actual like 
the tactics almost never changed. Mm-hmm. He would keep his um, spearmen up in the front, uh, which like made them basically impenetrable from that front, mm-hmm. uh, but super fucking uh, vulnerable to any uh, flanks. Mm-hmm. Um, so the way he would basically compensate for that is having his cavalry on the right flank, uh, and also some cavalry on the left flank as well, mm-hmm. uh, which basically, uh, ended up, you know, basically countering the one major downfall of his spearmen that he created. So yeah. they were like super beneficial to the war effort as a whole. Mm-hmm. As much as per, uh, as Alexander is a bastard and a squirrely little bastard at that, he also mm-hmm. was pretty smart. He got that long stick. Yeah, he got the long stick. And, and we, he, we, he we, a... we do not participate in long stick slander over in Tension Avenue. <laughs> okay? We respect the stick grind. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so by the time he approached this first battle... Alexander was, uh, it's believed that the portion of his army that he took was outnumbered roughly two to one. Yeah. And he... And they were also fighting across a river crossing, because that was the all... They didn't actually end up doing the the scorch-the-earth tactic Mm -hmm. uh, to starve them out, because, uh, unlike Alexander, they did decide to not, uh, fucking massacre their own people. Mm -hmm. Um... Uh, so they instead decided to meet him on a river crossing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, which, if I remember right, it might... No. Hold on. So there, before he left to go to Persia, there was a, another battle that occurred with one of the uprising uh, countries or states, whatever you want to call it, where they wanted to, like... Oh. Oh. The army that they were fighting what had a good naval army, uh, but Alexander, although his navy wasn't, you're thinking terrible? a little too far ahead. Is it's this after far this ahead? First, yeah, this okay. is after their first fight. Once they get down to Phrygia, I okay, cool, 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 cool. All right, never mind. Yeah, let's go on. Yeah, so essentially, what happened? What Taz is talking about? Uh, we can get to that point because there's not much more notes. I mean, uh, once after that first fight, they basic uh, Alexander basically just walks uh all the way up to the persian (laughs) capital um and eventually meets the the king of persia basically between a uh between the sea um and a uh and a mountain Mm -hmm. which like basically means that if alexander uh loses he's dead for sure because they've cut off his escape Mm-hmm. The problem with that tactic was essentially basically eliminated the uh, bonus of his overwhelming uh, numerical advantage because they're all fighting on the same kind of field and Alexander was able to make full use of his army's numbers rather than uh, basically penning himself in, mm-hmm. which is one of the situations where, again, the king of, you know, Pennsylvania (laughs) Uh, just fucking left like fully ran away with his dick between his legs yeah Um, what's up Tasman Cooey noted uh, philanthropist do you know what unfortunately won't be running away with its dick between its legs capitalism that's the one that's the Uh, ticket we're gonna do uh, an ad break okay ads (laughs) 
Hey, Dice Goblins! What? Where are the goblins? Everywhere. They're listening to us right now. They're in our ears. Don't take my wax. Please. It's so precious to me to have the wax. Okay, wax goblin, dice goblins, whatever you need, you guys can visit thetabletopgameshop.com and use the code TANGENT to get 10% off your purchase for all the tabletop RPG games that you need. Oh, I love dice. Give me some of that. Changing from wax goblin to dice goblin? I, I'm both. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a goblin of many stripes. Okay. Any goblin of many stripes? You can, you can be a cup goblin, get some cool cups on that website. Again, that's code TANGENT, T-A-N-G-E-N-T, to get 10% off your purchase. Well, <laughs> sounds good. Whoa, Taz, we got so rich off those ads. Hell, yeah, I wish. So wealthy, in fact. So, Taz. Yeah? Um, let's talk about uh, some more of this weird dork's um, conquest. Hell, yeah. Alexander Hamilton conquering yeah. slaves. Let's do it. Sure, yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah, uh, as they move on, uh, basically... Uh, rather than go further east, he eventually goes all the way south. He... I'm all um, the way south. Okay. (laughs) You've seen that song all day, man. I know. Um, so yeah, uh, they go all the way south, uh, and he founds his first city that he names after himself, and I do mean first, as in there's going to be several fucking more. Yes, there is. (laughs) Hell yes. Uh, so he conquers uh, Egypt. Uh, I don't actually think there was ever a battle in Egypt. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, uh, yes, let me... Uh, so Egypt, when... it was Not really. Uh, he met a little bit of resistance at Gaza. Uh, I believe there was a... Yeah, there was like a... Uh, that required a siege. Yeah, but no actual fighting took place from memory. Yeah, there, there was, there was fighting. Uh, he, he suffered a serious shoulder wound in this, in the battle, the only battle really to take place in Egypt. Um, and uh, yeah, any men uh, who were of military age that he found in, um, in Tyre, uh, from Tyre, which is a. a city that he destroyed again you know another yeah. one Classic. <laughs> yeah uh he then took all the men that were of military age and had them work for him and the women and children were sold into slavery Shocked. um y- yeah yeah uh but that seems to be the only resistance that i can find uh i don't remember any other ones as well uh and he he was like quickly like accepted as king yeah and that's kind of a common occurrence too from egypt specifically yeah yeah um (laughs) the uh as he goes further south into egypt there are several more battles but um they're all kind of inconsequential because he wins Um, yeah all of them none of them super interesting um uh we get the situation where he goes to this uh temple uh, in Egypt, and is declared the son of their king of gods, essentially, mm-hmm. uh, and is recognized as that. And he founds uh, his first city of Alexandria, um, and 
every city that he founds uh, in this um, campaign uh, has his name in it. So they're all Alexandria and then something else. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't like remember an- anything. Uh, Alexandria Ashade, which is the farthest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something uh, like that. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of them. It's, it's good. It's really good. He does name a city after his horse who will later die, uh, which is kind of an, another legend that happens earlier on in his childhood, where supposedly um, nobody was able to conquer this horse uh, and tame him, and he, uh, he stood up in front of all the adults, and he was like, you know what, I'll do it, uh, and his father, dork, (laughs) his father was like, uh, you know, called him out on disrespecting everybody, like, thinking that he can do this, and then he, uh, would, he actually did, he put a lot of work into it, and successfully tamed this horse, and, um, it would be his horse for the next, I think, 30 years or something like that, 20 years. That's Bucephalus, uh, correct? Uh, I think so, yes. Um, yeah. And he would name uh, a city after after the horse once the horse dies. How, hell yeah. Good for the horse. Mm-hmm. Only good person in this story, really. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. But even then, I mean, he's kind of a colonizing horse to have a city named after you. I guess, yeah. But he didn't choose that. I guess not. But, but I guess he did what? choose Alex. Yeah, which, what a dickhead. Should Never mind, not a head. good horse. Sorry. So, you're okay. So, while Alex was conquering Persia, he would go on to start, uh, you know, taking in their customs, as in their dress, uh, and the way they talk. He, he would just be, would become more Persian, I guess, if that makes sense. Uh, and he would adopt, uh, not adopt, um, he would employ their soldiers, some of them ranking higher above Greeks, um, or Macedonians, which would make his army very upset, and it would cause a little bit of tension down the road, which is a lot of fun, too. Oh, Oh, there was that one point where him and several of his generals all married Persian women, but... Here's the interesting thing about that for Alex, right? It's kind of believed that Alex never had any real romantic or sexual relationship uh, or, like, actual feelings outside of um, stuff for politics, you know? Like, all of his sexual or romantic interests in a woman always seemed to be political, and he never seemed to have any sort of interest in a woman. However, his best friend from childhood... Uh, it is very much so believed that he was with them, uh, and that it was a much more, much more than friendship, um, which is a lot of fun. Yeah, good for Alex. Yeah, but that's that's not super uncommon in uh, ancient Greece. They were very open, and you can't really label like any of their sexuality because it was so much more fluid back then, which is good. Yeah, back back, go back then, it that. was more. It was more relevant. Well, it wasn't the perfect system because back then it was more relevant of um, who's uh, catching and who's uh, pitching. (laughs) Um, And that was what their power structure was. That's true. Where where it was still a little heteronormative in the sense that, like, if you're getting fucked in the ass, you're a little bitchy woman. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there was a a moment in uh, that was documented that kind of 
could support this theory of him being in a romantic or sexual relationship with his best friend, which was uh, somebody, I can't remember who, uh, would come up to uh, Alex and his best friend and greet his best friend as if he was Alexander, calling him the king of Persia at the time. Um, or king above all, I believe, is what another name that they used. And Alex, upon, like, recognizing him his mistake, Alex was not offended in any way. He was like, you know, it, it's cool. He's an Alexander as well. Um, or something like that. And, yeah, it's a lot of fun. What a, what a good guy. Mm-hmm. Ale- Alexander Hamilton. Well, what a great guy. <laughs> Alexander the Great, not so much. Yeah, neither one so much. Alexander yeah, the Hamilton yeah, definitely is definitely not. better than Alexander the Great, but... Yeah. But also, who's to say, you know, in his heart? That's fair. Uh, so, yeah, Alexander would continue his conquests uh, through Persia uh, and, you know, conquer one area after another. He would lead into India as well, uh, which is... He wouldn't get super far into India, though. Yeah, uh, yeah. His goal was to kind of conquer the entire area. Because, you know, essentially, he was going for all land that he knew about. He was like, my, 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 and he wanted it all. Um, mm-hmm. Eventually, it gets to a point where um, the uh, king of Persia um, offers him half of his remaining land for peace and, like, a whole bunch of fucking gold. And uh, Alexander's like, no, I'll take it all. <laughs> and just continues yep. to fight forward. Yeah. His expectation wasn't like I'm here to win like uh, some land. It's I'm going to rule the world, like yep. the super villain that he was. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, I mean he he takes over Persia with very little like difficulties, as we said multiple times. He just fucking wins every single battle and he would do so until he died like never lost a battle ever um but as he went into india there was uh it was his first time fighting against war elephants yeah and he he didn't back down Uh, that's actually not true um his first fight with war elements uh for war elephants (laughs) shut up uh, his first fight with war elephants, um, was with his last fight with the King of Persia, um, uh, where the King of Persia had brought in basically troops from every region, including India, um, that, uh, incorporated war elephants, um, within it. Hmm. I didn't see anything about that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was, uh, yeah. So that was his first time working with war elephants. Mm-hmm. Um, he never really got super far into India because at the point where um, he basically uh, scoured Persian land up to the border with all of India, mm-hmm. um, his army just decided to mutiny. <laughs> yeah, they were all getting super homesick. But th- there is one, bat- uh, one battle that I wanted to talk about a little bit, uh, ju- just briefly, uh, uh-huh. which was he fought against uh, like an Indian king or an Indian you know, something, somebody in power. And he would cross, he would actually cross the river uh, that was blocking it uh, on boats, surprisingly, and horses and stuff like that. And he would... Get a load of this guy. Rich guy has boats. (laughs) He would kill anybody who got his way. uh, And then he defeated 
the king or, you know, political power, uh, and would then, because of his respect for this guy, because he put up such a good fight, it's the only person Alexander would leave in power in this area. Uh, he was like, you know, yeah. you can you can rule this uh, your land, you can claim yourself as king or whatever, uh, but when it comes down to it, you answer to me. Uh, and, you know, he... It was a strange turn of events for Alexander at that point. Which, I mean, he did this, He did something similar to um, all of the Persian lords, as long as they, they knelt uh, to him in fealty. Yeah. Uh, he was more than willing to let them keep their land, um, uh, just as long as they identified him as the king. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he never respected any of them. But for some reason, this guy, uh, he just respected Oh, I mean, he just loves those war elephants, if I'm being honest. Honestly, can you blame him? <laughs> Who doesn't? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so as his, uh, his army got homesick, they decided to, you know, they just did not want to continue. They wanted to go home. They've been at it for 10 years at this point. They were also terrified of rumors of massive Indian armies as well. Mm-hmm. Um, because as good as Alexander is, there's a point at which... Uh, numbers are too overwhelming mm-hmm. and he he did get them to go on for quite a while longer than what uh he would expected well what you would expect from a homesick army of you know over probably fifty thousand people at this point yeah and the way that he did that is this uh this speech which i actually want to read uh if you will have me, Bryson. By all means. Okay. I observe, gentlemen, that when I would lead you on a new venture, you no longer follow me with your old spirit. I have asked you to meet me that we may have come to a decision together. Are we, upon my advice, to go forward or upon yours, turn back? If you have any complaint to make about the results of your efforts hitherto or about myself as your commander, there is no more to say. But let me remind you through your courage and endurance you have gained possession of ionia hellespont both fergus uh fucking i hate greek words <laughs> cappadocia um just greek words man uh, because i can't pronounce them that is all it is <laughs> yikes dude um paphlagonia lydia caria lycia pamphylia sure man <laughs> uh she is Phoenicia and uh, Phoenicia Lydia? and Egypt. The Greek part of Libya is now She's yours. Sworn to carry together our with much of Arabia, lowland Syria, Mesopotamia, Babylon, Susia, Persia, and Media, with all the territories either formerly controlled by them or not, are in your hands. You have made yourselves masters of the lands beyond the caption gates, beyond Caucasus, uh, beyond. I'm going to vomit. Uh, Tineus of Bactria, Hersania, and her- <laughs> yeah. uh, Hersanian Sea. We have driven the Scythians back Neither into the desert. Neither of us are doing and great. Indus and Hyatus <laughs> of Assessines and Hydratos flow now through the country, which is ours. With all that accomplished, why do you hesitate to extend the power of Macedon, your power, to Hephaestus and the tribes on the other side? Are you afraid that a few natives who may still be left with uh, will offer opposition? Come on. 
Oh, wait. Come, come. These natives either surrender without a blow or are caught in the run or leave their country undefeated for your taking. And when we take it, we make a present of it to those who have joined us of their own free will and fight on our side. For a man who is a man, in my belief, it is directed to noble ends, but has no object beyond itself. Nonetheless, if any of you wish to know what limit may be set to this particular campaign, let me tell you that the area of country still ahead of, ahead of us, from here to the gangs from and the eastern ocean, is comparatively small. You will undoubtedly find this ocean is connected with the Hersanian Sea for the great stream of ocean encircles the earth. Moreover, I shall prove to you, my friends, that the Indian and Persian Gulfs and the Hersanian Sea are all three connected and continuous. Our ships will sail around from the Persian Gulf to Libya as far as the Pillars of Hercules, whence all Libya to the eastward will soon be ours and all Asia too. And to this empire there will be no boundaries but what God himself has made for the whole world. But if you turn back now, there will remain unconquered many warlike peoples between Hephaestus and the Eastern Ocean, and many more to the northward of the Hersanian Sea, with the Scythians too not far away. So what if we withdraw now? There is a danger that the territory will, which we do not yet securely hold may be stirred to revolt by some nation or other we have not yet forced into submission. Should that happen, all that we have done and suffered will have proved fruitless, or shall we be faced with the task of doing it over again from the beginning? Gentlemen of Macedon, and you, my friends and allies, this must not be. Stand for firm, for well you know that hardship and danger are the price of glory, and that the sweet is the savor of a life and courage, and of deathless renown, be renown beyond the grave. Are you not aware that if her... Heracles, uh, my ancestor, had gone no farther than Tyrrhenes or Argos or even the uh, Peloponnese or Thebes, he could have, he could never have won the glory which changed him from a man into a god, actual or apparent. Even Dionysus, who is a god indeed in a sense beyond what is applicable to Her Heracles, faced now face not a few laborious tasks, yet we have done more. We have passed beyond Nisa, and we have taken the Rock of Arnos, which Hercules himself could not take. Come, then, add the rest of Asia to what you already possess, a small addition to the great sum of your conquests. What great or noble work could we ourselves have achieved had we thought it enough, living at ease in Macedon? Merely to guard our homes, accepting no burden beyond checking the encroachment of the Thracians on our borders, or the Illyrians, or Triblians, or perhaps such Greeks as might prove a menace to our comfort? I could not have blamed you for being the first to lose heart if, one, you, oh, if I, your commander, had not shared in your exhausting marches and your per perilous campaigns. It would not have been natural, it would have been natural if you had done all the work merely for others to reap the re reward. But it is not so. You and I, gentlemen, have shared the labor and shared the danger, and the rewards are for all of us. The conquered territory belongs to you. From the ranks, the governors of it are chosen. Already the greater part of its treasures pass into the hands, and when all Asia is overrun, then indeed I will go farther. In the mere satisfaction of our ambitions, the utmost hopes of riches and power, which one of you, which each of you cherishes, will be far surpassed. And whoever wishes to return home will be allowed to go, either with me or without me. I will make those who stay envy of those who return. So, yeah. 
weird to say that, like, ah, you're all raping (laughs) You're the fucking king, man. Yep. What are you talking about? No one else is reaping any rewards. It's all yours. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What a fucking dork. Oh, yeah, um, powerful speech. So something important to note about Alexander: he did have a high voice. It's a very good chance that he sounded a lot like me. (laughs) Cause I, well, yeah, yeah, he he was from there. He knew how they were pronounced. (laughs) (laughs) But he probably didn't mispronounce as many territories. Or he might have mispronounced them and not cared because why would he? You know? Yeah. Did I call Persia Persia? When did I do that? Great. Well, he definitely didn't Love call that. Persia Persia. Love that for me. You sure did. All right. When you said fair. Persia. I don't Hate know what the exact timestamp was, but it happened. God I want damn, you to know. Man. We all so, know. yeah. Uh, he continued on for a little while before it, the homesick just became overwhelming, and he would cave in to his uh, army's demands and retreat back home. And... Yeah, mm-hmm. And the uh, the farthest, the hardest, and the longest way possible, might I add. Like a cuck, because they mutinied. He did not take any short route. <laughs> oh, what um, route did he take? Well, let me see if I can if find out exactly what route he took. Hold on. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know much about his death in specifics, um... I know that eventually um, he just got sick (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) and just died. No one really knows how he died. Um, It was... Yeah, uh, there's there's two different theories. mm -hmm. Um, Both of them involve drinking. (laughs) Hell yeah. Uh, So um, the first one is... So roughly 14 days before his death, which is... uh, Kind of expected to be around uh, June 10th or 11th in 323 BC. Um, he developed a fever, which worsened until he was unable to speak. And that was after being in a drunken state, you know? Yeah. Because he was drinking, like, day and night and so on and so forth. But yeah, man. And the other one is uh, essentially being poisoned from <laughs> drinking. <laughs> like, somebody poisoned his uh, drink. Yeah, yeah, nobody really knows how he died. Yeah. But one thing we do know is that on his way back to Macedon, um, the uh, his coffin with his bodily remains <laughs> uh, was robbed. <sighs> yeah. And to this day, nobody knows where it is. Yeah, uh, his breastplate was stolen uh, and something else. Um, but... I actually read something different. Um, so his coffin was like, they were talking about taking it cause he died in Babylon. Uh, so he didn't die in Macedonia, uh, was talked about being taken to Macedonia. But, uh, one of the people who had, div- he divvied up power to cause he divided it by four different of his generals. The one in Egypt, uh, took it to Alexandria. Um, and then it, he had it open to being, uh, like looked at and seen and everything and people would go in and like people just kept fucking with it and so he then stashed it away somewhere and no one knows where like that's what i heard i heard that it was fucking robbed like <laughs> nobody knows yeah. where it's at um uh it is so it's such a weird either way it's lost for sure yeah yeah um <laughs> that is one thing that is for sure <laughs> it's such a weird mystery that 
one of my favorite games series and genres, uh, Crusader Kings uh, uh, 2 and uh, 4X games as a whole, make it a note that, like, finding his remains is, like, a massive goal on occasions. That's cool. Yeah, it's pretty sick. Yeah. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. So it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. His wife uh, would then go on to be assassinated uh, as she deserves as well. to be. Yeah. Um, as all women deserve to be. Uh, but yeah, it was it was for the same reason, you know, uh, to secure as uh, Philip was assassinated, mm-hmm. uh, to go on to you know secure the throne for somebody else. Um, That's how it goes. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, kind of the main reason for talking about this topic uh, is how important it is to world history. As we kind of started out the episode with, you know, uh, Alexander the Great inspired, you know, Julius Caesar. Um, There's Julius Caesar, there's Genghis Khan, there's so many of the, like, historical and legendary colonizers. Yeah. Or anything stole something from alexander they were all inspired by him mm-hmm. yeah he is a uh a his he's historic to history essentially mm-hmm. like yeah the historic figures that we know more about decided what they did based on the historic figure that is mm-hmm. alexander the great yep so without alexander without genghis khan without julius caesar our entire world would be a lot less Western. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, that's Alexander the Great. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. We did it. So yeah. Uh, so this was a fairly loose episode. Yeah. L- um, let us know if you like this more than our our normal stuff. We're still playing around with our format, as we mentioned last episode. Yeah. I mean, this episode was had a little bit less notes than we would have liked to have. Mm-hmm. Um. So that part will change. We'll have more specifics for the next time around. But, you know, it, we're, we're playing around with it. We're seeing how it goes. Definitely, yeah. Alrighty. Well, let's go ahead and do the thing. Um, uh, you can find uh, myself, uh, you can find the podcast on Twitter at Tangent Avenue or myself at Want a Toothpick. Um, Taz, where can I find you? Find me at Zaphael, but don't instead find us on Facebook at Asphalt Studios for news about this show and Tangent Tabletop, or on Instagram at Tangent Avenue. As always, we want to thank Julie Mirror Artistry for our uh, artwork. Uh, she did both this cover and the uh, Tangent Tabletop cover. Uh, similarly, we want to thank Homesick Entertainment for the intro, mid-roll, and outro. Uh, you can see their work at youtube.com slash c slash homesick. And, uh, hey guys... Um, stay tuned for episode 8 of Tangent Tabletop. Some shit happens. Oh yeah, some, some shit happens. Rough shit. <laughs> oh, it's so um, fun. Nick will get even more injuries, promise. Hell, yeah. Right, I'm gonna go uh, kill myself, Taz. Uh, what are you gonna Don't do, do tonight? Don't uh, well. well, do that. Well, do we need to have an intervention before we stop recording? Well, are we'll you alright, We'll man? see. Are you okay? We'll see. Medically, Will we? probably not. <laughs> and mentally? Ah, oh, we'll find out. <sighs> Alright, man. Go vomit. Yeah, I'm going to. Bye!
This was an Asphalt Studios production.